On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Elon Musk talks about new paint colors and new products during his remarks at the grand opening of Giga Berlin. Plus, the base Model Y sells out for the rest of the year in the United States, Tesla bags another award, and more. friends, Ryan McCaffrey here with you alongside Daisy the Boxer. More on her in a second. This is episode 347 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, coming to you here for the March 27th, 2022 episode. And speaking of Daisy, we had a follow-up cardiologist appointment today. Her heart continues to improve even more from the full normal function diagnosis that we were given last last time, which was in December. So she has improved a bit more. The medications are being tapered off more now. And I am just so relieved, happy, grateful. Again, massive thank you to Dr. Silverman at Sage Veterinary in Redwood City, California, here in the San Francisco Bay Area. If you are a Bay Area listener and your vet needs specialized care, I cannot recommend Sage enough, at least the cardiology wings. Dr. Silverman uh, was just incredible, and I'm just, I was over the moon today at, at Daisy continuing. I even asked, like, could she go under anesthesia if necessary? I mean, I, I brush her teeth every day, so to, with the hopes of avoiding an ultrasonic cleaning for at least for as long as possible. I mean, at some point, she's probably going to need one. And it's not a money thing, really. I mean, not that it's cheap, but <laughs> but it's uh, it's more just you know I don't want to put my dog under anesthesia unless I really really need to. And and she said, yeah, her you know her heart's functioning normally. She can totally go under anesthesia if she needs to. So that's a really great thing for her long term future and long term care. So oh, just so grateful, feeling so good this week. And uh, let's get into Tesla, who else is feeling good. Giga Berlin, the entire team there got to celebrate the grand opening of Giga Berlin. The day has finally come. The first customers took delivery of their Berlin-built Model Ys this week, marking the first time that Tesla has built and delivered vehicles on the continent of Europe. By the way, I'd also like to congratulate all of my European listeners uh, no, you're not building the cars, but you're buying them. I mean, while you've, all of you in Europe have had the ability to order Tesla cars before this particular momentous occasion, you will now get a Model Y built by fellow Europeans. I am so eager to see these first cars get scrutinized over the build quality. And I'm not even saying that flippantly or sarcastically. Like, I'm genuinely curious how they are going to compare to both the Fremont-made Model Ys and the Shanghai-built Model Ys. I mean, the complaints that you hear in the community over, you know, panel gaps, paint, fit, finish, this kind of thing, they tend to come from the United States, by and large. I feel like we really don't hear about that stuff with the Shanghai cars, and the Germans, to the best of my knowledge, are, are known for building really well-made cars so I'm very optimistic that there will be some wonderful Teslas by any metric coming out of Giga Berlin starting now. 
And as I mentioned a couple of shows ago, uh, bring on those new paint colors from that next gen Giga Berlin paint shop. More on that in a second as well. Uh, one other little thing before I play you a few sound clips from Elon's uh, appearance in Berlin. This opening of Giga Berlin also means that Tesla just increased the number of continents that it manufactures cars on by 50%. They went from two continents to three continents, which is pretty cool. I mean, I know they're, they're as they continue to grow, it might sound like a silly little number, but I just, I got a kick out of it. I mean, three continents now. Again, if you've been following Tesla for a while, you go back in time, even five years, like forget about 10 years, five years to, I mean, the Model 3 had been announced five years ago, but it wasn't being built yet. Not quite, you know, March of 2017. It was getting close, but it wasn't in production yet. And for Tesla to now be on three continents making cars is pretty darn cool. So uh, here first is Elon Musk's brief three-minute speech to the crowd, uh, including the customers who were taking delivery of the first batch of cars from Berlin. So this is this is his little three-minute speech as he started hand-delivering that first batch of customer cars. Uh, so I'm, incredib I'm incredibly excited to uh, hand over the first production cars from our incredible team here at uh, Giga Berlin Brandenburg. Uh, this is a great day for the factory and uh, you know it's uh, I just like to thank everyone who helped uh, thank you thank you very much uh, it's really made a very big difference um, and to the community and uh, I mean Tesla will, will make sure that this is a uh, a gem uh, you know a, a gemstone for the area for Germany for Europe and for the world uh, this is yeah. Every, every vehicle that we make will be another uh, step in the direction of a sustainable energy future. Um, and we will also make uh, battery storage. Uh, so this is going to be very important for storing renewable energy. Uh, so for solar and wind, uh, because it's intermittent, it needs to be stored. But uh, we are extremely confident that, that the world can transition to a sustainable energy future with the combination of solar, wind, plus battery storage and electric vehicles. If you have those three legs of the stool, then you can create a sustainable energy future for as long as the sun shines and the wind blows. <laughs> So I want, to be, I want to be clear that, because uh, sometimes people are, you know, sad about the future or they, they think, well, will we solve sustainable energy um, and maybe the climate issue is, it's too late or something like that. Um, I, I really want to assure everyone that you can have hope in the future. You should have hope in the future. This problem will be solved. Uh, and uh, this factory is a, a major step in that direction. Uh, so, believe in the future.
I think that's it. I love the message right there. Believe in the future. That's that Elon Musk optimism that you can't help but appreciate. Later on that day, Elon hosted a short Q&A with the Giga Berlin factory team, the employees there. And I want to say thank you to the Tesla Welt YouTube channel for posting the recording of this and to listener Brad Whiteside for flagging it to me. I've got a couple of clips from this. Because this went on for, this was what, maybe about 15 minutes long. So I've just got uh, one, two, three, four little clips for you. So first among them is Elon talking about the long-term plan for Giga Berlin. Take a listen to this. And, you know, we're starting off with the Model Y, but we're going to do a number of exciting uh, additional vehicles here. And uh, so I think this overall is just going to be a center of of excellence for sustainable energy in general. And it's really going to help the world. So, uh, and, and uh, I look forward to doing it with, with you. Um, and uh, yeah, once again, thanks for everything. Yeah. Hmm, what does he mean by that? I'll go not too far out on a limb and suggest that the Model 3 may one day be built there and or the $25,000, but not $25,000 after all the inflation materials costs in recent months, car. I think that would make the most sense. I mean, the the truly affordable Tesla, the compact sedan, the smaller car that should be coming in, in the next, you know, three to five years, Tesla's going to need to build that in every Tesla factory on every continent that they're doing business in in order to meet the demand for such a vehicle. So Berlin would make sense for that, uh, I believe. So hopefully that's what he means there. Now, uh, before I continue with the next clips, I wanted to note that I really appreciate that there was clearly nothing pre-screened by HR or Elon's staff. Elon just got up there and took questions that people were yelling out. It was an open forum. Not a lot of CEOs will do that because they all want to make sure they're staying on message and saying only what's been pre-approved. So that's one of the things I always do appreciate about Elon is you are going to get an unfiltered, honest answer about the product, about the, uh, you know, in this case, what's going on at Giga Berlin. Now, one of the questions that was asked was about Berlin's next-gen paint shop, as I was teasing a moment ago. I have told you about those three new paint colors that leaked via the code in Tesla smartphone app a while back. The new, just to refresh your memory, the new Deep Crimson Red, that's the one you've heard the most about and possibly seen pictures online of, the Abyss Blue Multicoat, and Mercury Silver Multicoat. Well... Again, any other company of of Tesla's size and market cap, this would have never been acknowledged. (laughs) This would never in a million years would the CEO have just been like, oh yeah, we're going to be doing these new colors. But well, here, Elon Musk straight up confirms two of those colors right in this Q&A. Take a listen. So, uh, yeah, we, we have, with respect to colors, uh, which colors will be available from this factory? Um, colors are always a challenge because when you think about colors, uh, you don't need to manufacture it, but you also need to service it and fix it for like 20 years. 
so it's like, man, that's a it, like. I was going to think about, man, what are we going to put the service team through? <laughs> you know, managing all these colors. So we have to be careful with total number of colors. But we obviously are going to make some uh, special colors here because, and, and it's more than just the, the, the color itself, but it's the layers of paint in order to get the dimensionality. So, um, you know, so we, we're going to make a, a really special red, which I think, I don't know, probably a lot of people have seen. <laughs> yeah, like, kind of like that, yeah. It's like a 13 layer, uh, you know, 13 layers of, of paint. You, you want to have the, the layers give you dimensionality and, and, and give the different, it gives like the, the, it makes the color look deep and, 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 and complex. Um, and then we'll also have a silver uh, that's uh, also, I think not as many layers, like maybe eight or something, but it's still going to be really special. It's sort of like a kind of a liquid, liquid silver um, and like a, yeah, like a, a, a deep, deep red, I don't know, <laughs> deep complex red. So we're gonna make, make it, uh, starting off with, uh, well not soon, well, in a few months, we'll make uh, the, the special deep, sort of deep dark red and, and uh, sort of uh, quicksilver, you know. Um, it'll be really cool, it'll be like the best color. I think there'll be the, the best paint on any production car that's not like made for like a, a show or something like that. Um, and it's, it's, you have to design the paint shop especially for, you know, because if you're going to do 13 layers, you've got to have 13 steps. So it's very difficult to retrofit a paint shop. You have to design it in from the beginning. I like that he refers to the new silver as Quicksilver, which should give us an idea of what it's going to look like. And honestly, when I picture a silver that's similar to the comic book character Quicksilver that Elon is no doubt referencing right there, I picture the stunning silver that the primary Model 3 Alpha prototype had, if you happen to remember that. And if you don't, if you have not seen that car or you haven't looked at it in, you know, five years now, almost five years, Google it because the silver paint on that thing was gorgeous. And it looks like we might see those colors in the summertime since Elon said in a few months. Uh, also, I'm no paint expert, but a 13-layer paint job sounds pretty darn good. That should make my three-layer multi-coat red look a little amateurish by comparison, so I can't wait to see these new colors. Now, being in the United States here, I might not get that chance up close in person anytime soon, but uh, on a related note, I wonder if maybe the Roadster will or should be made in Berlin at this point, since Berlin will have not only a lot more space than Fremont does, but this super advanced paint shop that can do 13-layer paint jobs because, you know, the supercar has got to have killer paint options. That's that's part of the part of the deal with a car that costs a quarter million dollars. So this uh, this will be interesting to follow. And I again I can't wait to see those three paint colors, or at least two for sure. Three were found in the code. Now we have two of them confirmed by Elon. Although, interestingly enough, back in December, on the subject of, of paint in Germany and, and painting here in uh, California, back in December, listener Yoon Sin pointed out something that I never noticed, and I'm not sure any of the Tesla news sites, blogs, Reddit, anything else, picked up on this, but Yoon did, and I want to thank listener, fellow listener James for flagging this to me this week. Yoon noted, quote, 
Fremont just submitted a permit to do seven layer at South Paint, which is a reference to one of the two paint facilities at the Fremont factory. And I'm not sure if this is still the case, but uh, I know at, at, at one point, the one of those paint shops, and I, I'm not sure if it's South Paint or North, would paint parts, not cars, but parts that were going in the cars. So I'm not quite sure where that stands today, but uh, the, and then Yun's tweet had a link to the actual permit application. So this was not hearsay. This was, this was a, a flagging of an actual confirmed thing that was happening. So upgrades are coming to the California plant as well, which is excellent news. Whether, you know, I mean, seven layer is a little more than half of 13 in Berlin. So we'll see what we end up getting here in the United States versus what, they're going to have in Berlin. But great news, nevertheless, that better paint facility, better paint finishes are seemingly coming to multiple Tesla facilities. Next up, what about the full self-driving beta in Europe? Obviously a very relevant question that people in Berlin want to know about, the, the employees at uh, Giga Berlin. Well, here's Elon addressing that topic. FST Beta Europe, we're, um, I think we're, we're getting to a point where, where the FSD Beta is very good in the US, um, and we're uh, later this week expanding to Canada, um, and then uh, I think we'll be ready to show it to regulators in the EU, I don't know, maybe in um, two or three months. Um, but, but then we've got to do quite a lot of work uh, to for, for all the special case situations in Europe. And and the, the roads, as you know, if you've driven around Europe, the roads vary quite a lot by country. I mean, maybe the EU, but the road rules are, and the, the way the blinds are painted, and it's, it's different. And then you've got to recognize all the, all the different languages. It's quite difficult uh, to do full self-driving in Europe. It's um, much more complex than, say, the, the U.S. Uh, or Canada. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it, there's a lot of little tricky things. The rules are not the same, you know. Uh, so, um, but I, I think probably we, we can start doing beta uh, maybe later this year. I think uh, in Europe. Yeah, it's depending depending on regulatory approval. Um, yeah, it's like things are a little different in the U.S. Like in the, in the U.S., things are are legal by default, and in, in Europe they're illegal by default. <laughs> so, you know, so we have to get approval beforehand. Uh, whereas in the U.S., uh, you can kind of do it on your own cognizance, more or less. Well, to my European friends, hopefully that gives you some optimism. I mean, even if you factor in a bit of Elon time and or regulatory approval time, hopefully this means you might get the FSD beta by, at worst, the end of the year. So it is coming. And the last clip from this that I wanted to play for you is in regards to big goals. Elon was asked, what are the big goals for Tesla this year? Well, I guess the next target is is really you know to um, uh, really scale production this year, um, and um, you know try to make as many cars as we can. 
Uh, we want to complete uh, development of the Cybertruck uh, and be ready for production next year. Um, hopefully, hopefully have enough battery pack capability to start the, the Tesla semi truck, the heavy truck. Um, hopefully complete engineering of the Roadster, the new Roadster. Um, and then there's some future projects that are also pretty important. There's also stationary storage, uh, new versions of the Tesla solar roof, you know, Powerwall 3, there's a lot of things. Um, so we have a very exciting product pipeline. That answer right there may very well be a sneak peek at the Tesla portion of the Secret Master Plan Part 3 that Elon's working on. Although, if they're only aiming to finish the engineering on the new Roadster this year, as was mentioned there, that probably pushes the first production of that car to, at the earliest, late 2023. But speaking of the Secret Master Plan Part 3, following up on my discussion about that last week, it looks like my predictions might end up being pretty on track in terms of what's going to be in the Secret Master Plan Part 3. Now, without offering any time frame for when that blog might publish, Elon tweeted this week about what to expect from the Master Plan Part 3, saying, quote, Main Tesla subjects will be scaling to extreme size, which is needed to shift humanity away from fossil fuels and AI. But I will also include sections about SpaceX, Tesla, and The Boring Company. So, scaling car and battery production, there you go, which is also what he touched on in his that, that uh, clip from Berlin that I played you a moment ago, plus AI, as I had said in my prediction last week. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing Elon's high-level thoughts about, about particularly scaling the car production, because remember, the goal is 20 million cars per year inside of a decade. Now, I would hazard a ballpark guess that the maximum potential output for the four factories that they have now, or at least are about to have four come the April 7th Giga Texas opening, is what, probably three, 3.5 million cars per year, somewhere in that neighborhood. And the 20 million goal is, if I'm even remotely close there, 20 million is roughly six times higher than three and a half million per year. So this master plan part three is going to be an interesting read just to see how he's thinking about this larger scalability goal from a high level perspective. Next up this week, Tesla has won Kelly Blue Book's best overall luxury brand award for the one to third year in a row. This story was written up at Teslarati. Thank you to them. They write, Tesla was recently listed by Vehicle Valuation, automotive research company Kelly Blue Book, as the best overall luxury brand, brand pardon me, in its 2022 Brand Image Awards. The awards are designed to recognize automakers whose vehicle lineups create enthusiasm among car shoppers. As noted by KBB, brand image is not just about consumers being aware that a brand exists. Automakers with a good brand image must have a vehicle lineup that is both recognizable, exciting, and attractive to new car shoppers. Tesla also won the Best Value Luxury Brand Award and the Most Refined Luxury Brand Award. Quote from Kelly Blue Book, 
electric power style and high tech or characterized Tesla. But it's the stunning performance and the ability to travel 300 miles or more on a single charge that closes the deal. The Model 3 is the most affordable Tesla, while the Model S sedan and Model Y and X SUVs cater to customers requiring room for cargo and passengers. Well, certainly to all of us Tesla owners and enthusiasts, these awards come as no surprise. I mean, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you've heard about it and you've seen it happen in real time all around you in your life, that being Tesla's brand awareness rapidly growing. And all, I might remind you, without a single dollar spent on traditional advertising. It's all word of mouth from us. The cars sell themselves once you get somebody to actually sit in it, ride in it, drive it, and or even if the car's not selling itself, the owners are selling them to their friends, their family, their neighbors. I mean, if I were to, air quotes, complain about this at all, it would only be that it's winning luxury brand honors and moving up the luxury brand mindshare charts. Because even the base Model 3, as I talked about with the price increases last week, even the base Model 3 is pretty expensive for a lot of people. I mean, as per the original Tesla Secret Master Plan, which by the way is still online, if you've never read it, you've got to just pause this podcast right now, Google it and read it. Because it's amazing to read today after it's all completely come true. Master Plan Part 1 has come true. Uh, But if you go back to that, I'll just give you this just to make my point here. The Model S according to Master Plan Part 1, which was, uh, by the way, in 2006, long before the Roadster even came around, so well before the Model S, the Model S was supposed to cost half of what the Roadster did. And technically, technically, for a little while, you could get a Model S that was half of the Roadster. And then the Model 3 was supposed to cost half of that, which it never really got to. I mean, it feels like a distant memory now, but yes, there was a $35,000 standard range Model 3 for a short time, which you could only get from ordering a $37,000 standard range plus and doing a software downgrade and getting a $2,000 refund. But sadly, of course, at this, <laughs> you all know by now, the chip shortage, materials costs, inflation, all those things have lifted that base Model 3 price up to the $45,000 that it's at now. Although in fairness, as I've pointed out before, but it's worth mentioning, the base Model 3 that you get now for that $45,000 is really good and quite a lot better than the old Standard Range Plus in a lot of departments, but most notably the Range department. Now, uh, I'm not blaming anybody for those price increases. I know that Tesla would probably want to have the base Model 3 cost less if it could. I mean, nobody could have predicted, A, the pandemic itself, or B, the economic impact that it would have on the entire car industry, not to mention so many other industries. I'm getting off track a bit, but so what I'm trying to say is that While this Kelly Blue Book Award is great, and I absolutely congratulate Tesla on it, got to make more room in the trophy case over at Tesla HQ, my hope 
is that in another five years or so, as I was talking about earlier with the $25,000 car, that uh, Tesla is just going to be able to get the EVs to many, many more people and that the, the awards won't necessarily won't necessarily be luxury, or at least let's put, this way, put it this way. They won't just be luxury brand awards. They'll be in other categories as well because that's the next big step and arguably the final step towards putting the nail in gasoline-powered cars forever, at least from a cost of ownership perspective, is getting those prices down on these cars. Uh, let's see, one more story. So the last thing I've got for you this week before I move on to your excellent phone calls that are Tesla-related, of course, in the Ride the Lightning hotline, I want to say thank you to Tesla Motors Reddit user Blaglag for being the first person to point this out, and that is the base Model Y, meaning just white or midnight silver metallic paint and nothing else, the 19-inch Gemini wheels, just base everything, is now sold out for the entire rest of 2022. And we are still only in March. It's Q1, and the base Model Y is sold out. In other words, if you're looking to buy a Model Y, but you're looking to just pay that base $63,000, you are sadly going to be waiting a long time. However, if you add the $1,000 tow hitch or the $1,000 white interior, it'll drop you, it'll, it'll move your estimated delivery date up to October, which, yes, I recognize is still seven months away. The same goes with the $2,000 20-inch induction wheels as well as the $3,000 seven-seat Model Y option. Each of those options will drop you, I guess drop's not the best word, move you up to October. If you select blue, black, or red paint, a.k.a the three paint options that each cost money, those will do the same thing. They will also bump your delivery date up to October. So, uh, and as I mentioned, the Midnight Silver Metallic is the second free color. It, like white, is still gonna put you into January if you select just that with no other options. The only other way to move your wait time up to sooner than October is to add, unless you're buying a performance, by the way, but the only other way is to add full self-driving for $12,000, in which case your wait time magically drops to June, just three months from now. Or even if you want to look at it, really, it's like two plus months at this point since we're at the end of March. Now, you might think that this tactic is a bit lame on Tesla's part, and I would not blame you for that. I mean, but at the same point, I also can't blame Tesla given the demand, but in fairness, I'm also not trying to get a Model Y right now. If I was in the market, I might feel very differently. I want to recognize those of you who are trying to get a car, and, uh, and, and I want to empathize with your frustration that you can move up way up in the queue if you drop $12,000 more on the car. That is a lot of money. But 
I will say this, regardless of how you feel about it, whether you're okay with it, whether you're not, it's not a new thing. So I'm not defending Tesla on that, but I do wanna point out that this is not new. Tesla's been delivering their cars sooner to customers that are willing to pay more for quite a while now in the form of the performance models of all four Teslas. Those have had the shortest wait times compared to their non-performance counterparts for months, if not years at this point. Now the performance model Y, if you're curious, as you may be at this point, currently shows a delivery window of June, even without purchasing FSD. So you're, you're spending more, obviously, to get the performance model. You don't have to dive in on the FSD. Uh, June, July is the window that's showing for the, per, for the base performance model Y. In other words, in white with black seats uh, and no tow hitch on the performance model Y there. And uh, I did poke around in the design studio this week before, as I was making my notes to talk about this on the podcast. It looks like you can't add a force multiplier to your delivery estimate by adding FSD to that performance Y. A performance Y with FSD still shows the June delivery. What I'm wondering about in all of this, by the way, is whether or not Giga Texas is factored into this at all. Particularly now that Tesla pretty well knows when it can start official production and deliveries out of there. Now I'm leaving Berlin out of this conversation because I'm just talking about North American orders and deliveries in this conversation. So in other words, might these delivery estimates that are so far away, unless you pay a bunch of money, pay a bunch of extra money, might these delivery estimates get shorter once Texas does open for business, presumably next month? I sure hope so. And, and my hope is that Tesla is simply not factoring that in right now because they want to, you know, they want to under promise and over deliver on estimated de delivery uh, dates. And also they just want to have that buffer in there to account for any hiccups in the start and ramp of production out of Texas. So again, I'm optimistic that these wait times could go down as Texas opens up and ramps up, but we'll see. I mean, I hope so. Gosh, I hope Texas is going to have an impact here because being sold out of the base version of your most popular model is a good problem to have, but it's still a problem. I mean, it still means that even after all of these recent price increases, you still have to pay even more money for more options if you want to take delivery of a Model Y sometime in 2022. By the way, if you're curious, I did also take a look at the Model 3 estimates as of this recording. Both the long-range Model 3 as well as the base Model 3 are showing delivery estimates of June to August. So that's the, the window that they've got there. Meanwhile, the Model S, the base Model S, is showing November to January for, a, for the window. On, again, on the long-range, on the base. And then, uh, but if weirdly, if you, well, not weirdly, but based on everything I've just been saying, if you add the $4,500 21-inch arachnid wheels, you suddenly move up to July to September. And if you go with the plaid, you can have your 
your Model S Plaid in June there. And then the Model X, the wait times on the X are still nuts. They're just still crazy long. The base Model X with the 20 inch wheels, in other words, the cheapest Model X you can get, April 2023 to July 2023. Of more, uh, 13 months out, 13 plus months out for a base Model X. If you jump up to the 22 inch wheels, suddenly you move up a little December 2022 to March 2023. And the Plaid Model X, the estimated delivery window there is August to October of 2022, which is just, again, just just crazy the wait times right now. Uh, And if you, by the way, add a... If you add full self-driving to a Model 3, it drops the estimate to May. If you add 19-inch wheels, which I strongly recommend against doing if you're buying a base Model 3, that's $1,500, but it will lower your delivery estimate. Uh, Again, I don't think it's worth it in that case because of the range hit. Same thing with the white interior as well as the paid paint options that have, you know, an additional cost, those will those will drop your Model 3 wait time as well. I mean, I have to be honest with all of you, as always. I have never been an SUV guy. I've just always liked sedans and coupes. I've been a car guy, specifically. And while I've certainly always heard the narrative around how much the United States loves its SUVs, For me, and I'm only speaking for myself out of a mostly just a naive perspective, again, having never really paid attention to SUVs until I got into all things Tesla and started paying attention to the X and now the Y, this for me is really the clearest way I've actually seen the United States' hunger for SUVs up close and, and in action. Because the Y, you know, just take a look. The Model Y costs a decent bit more than the comparable Model 3. It's an $8,000 difference between the Long Range 3 and the Long Range Y, apples to apples. And yet the demand on the Model Y is still through the roof, both either looked at in a vacuum or compared to the Model 3. Just what a runaway hit the Model Y is. It's staggering how successful this car is right now. When Elon talked about it being perhaps the number one selling vehicle period in the world within this inside of a year or two, I don't think that was hyperbole. It This car clearly has that potential and we might be talking about that on this podcast in the next like 12 to 24 months. Well, for now, though, that's everything I've got for you in the world of Tesla news. But stick with me. Your excellent Ride the Lightning hotline phone calls with your Tesla questions, comments, and discussion topics are coming up right after this. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline. It is your chance to be a part of the podcast. If you've got a Tesla-related question, comment, or discussion topic, feel free to call in. There are two easy ways you can do it. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, 
record your question, and then email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Please try to keep your call to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many people each week as possible. And then the other way is take that same 90 second or less question and just call in and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline itself. It's a toll free number that you can dial anytime, day or night. And that number is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. First up is Tony, who just got his Tesla. Hey, uh, this is Tony. Just calling. Um, I joined the uh, many uh, millions are just jumping into the Tesla bandwagon here. So uh, since I'm, I don't know much about what I'm jumping into. I'm excited, but what uh, what do I have to have, should have, and maybe kind of cool to have, but not necessarily have as accessories? Or do I need a do I need a wrap on the for the exterior for the paint or? Or uh, just kind of anything, any advice that you might have for, for brand new uh, Tesla owners. Appreciate your, your input. Thanks. Tony, welcome to the podcast and welcome to the Tesla community. Thank you so much for taking the time to call in. I am more than happy to help you here. Now, this is certainly an open-ended question that different people will have different answers to. It also depends which Tesla you have. Statistically, you probably have a Model 3 or a Model Y But in any case, here goes. I think all-weather floor mats are probably in the should-have category. Personally, I have the official Tesla mats because I like the design of them, but there are excellent, cheaper ones that are also really great that just don't have the Tesla logo on them that you can find on abstractocean.com. I've got a discount code for AbstractOcean that I mention at the end of every podcast. So just in case you don't normally tune in all the way to the end, maybe stick around for that. There could be something that could help you out. But uh, I would also say that a USB stick for Sentry Mode is a must-have. Now, you should have received a Tesla-branded USB stick with your car. It should be in your glove box. It will work fine. But I will say that another of my affiliates that you hear the plug for at the end of the show is Pure Tesla, who sells a longer lasting version. So just, you know, something to keep in mind for either the near future or or sometime down the road. I would say winter tires and wheels could be useful depending on not only which Tesla you have, but more specifically where you live and what tires are on your Tesla out of the factory. Uh, Basically, if it's a performance model, it's going to have summer tires, which you just do not want to have on the car in wintry conditions. If you have any non-performance Tesla, it should have all seasons and you probably are going to be okay. But think about that as well. Now, the paint protection film topic is a bigger conversation. I personally, as loyal listeners know, am a major proponent of PPF It has saved my paint several times, and if you want to learn more about that, you can listen to my interview with a professional detailer from episode 330 on that. 
Also, I, I just want to throw out there as well, feel free to email me with any questions as well, because I love talking about this stuff, hence why I do this podcast every week, and I'm happy to try and help you out too. I really am. I'm always happy to try and help. You can reach me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Uh, this, that's not just for Tony. I'm saying that to everybody. Congratulations again, Tony, and enjoy that car. Next up is Brad from Minnesota. Speaking of uh, Tesla ownership, this is Brad chiming in on his thoughts on Tesla ownership after one year. Hey, Ryan, it's Brad from Minnesota calling. By the time you air this episode, I will have had my Model 3 for exactly one year, and what an awesome year it has been. And by the way, yes, the acceleration boost does make a difference. It's primarily between the zero and around 30 miles an hour that you feel a huge different acceleration. After about 30 miles an hour, I found that the dual motor is pretty much the same with the acceleration boost, but between zero and 30, it is awesome. Anyway, after one year of owning my Model 3, if I had to make one suggestion to Tesla to improve the vehicle, it would have nothing to do with performance. The performance is amazing. It would have to do with the information they provide when you're listening to a song or listening to a podcast. I want to see more information. I want to see not only the the song and the band, but the album. I want to see what other albums from that particular uh artists there are. I want to see lyrics. I want to see, when I listen to a podcast, I want to see not only who the guest is, but I want to read a little bit about, I mean, there there's some metadata around podcasts that come up on my phone, but do not come up on a Tesla. And I want Tesla to be the best in terms of metadata when it comes to songs or podcasts. Please give me that information. It would be so amazing. Anyway, thank you, Ryan, and have a great day. Bye. Brad, I am so happy to hear that you're just as excited about your car now as you were a year ago when you first got it. I can totally relate to that. I still feel the same way about mine. I, it, it makes me happy every time I mash my foot to the floor to, to trigger the performance acceleration. Uh, I still get excited every time I get an FSD beta update. Uh, new feet, you know, the the blind spot camera monitor that we got. I mean, sentry mode itself wasn't there when I got my car. So it's just, it's always fun and exciting. And I'm so glad to hear that you, f- you feel that too. Now, as to your feedback, I like your suggestion for more info on your media selection, if you desire it. Sadly, though, Tesla has been going in the opposite direction on that, giving us less info on our media in version 11. But... The nice part about these cars is that they are always evolving, so we'll see what the future brings. Thanks, Brad. Let's go to the East Coast. Josh from New York. Hi, Ryan. Josh from New York here. Firstly, let me thank you for the podcast. It's been just another means of sanity for myself, as I am not a Tesla owner just yet, but hope to be in the future. The wife and I are currently preparing to buy our first home this year, so, you know, priorities. Uh, That and the last few years have been busy with our wedding and having our first little one in 2020. I actually test drive the Model Y every year for my birthday and have been for the past four years, just to keep the dream alive. 
Uh, between that and your podcast, my excitement has been kept at bay and that learning about all the improvements Tesla's making has, helps me feel like waiting is a good idea until the price changes begin. So the original plan was to purchase a standard range Model 3, then trade it in after a few years to a Model Y, given the growing family and Tesla's amazing resale value. Fast forward to the release of the standard range Model Y, which completely changed my plans until it was pulled. Uh, my question to you is, the reason... Uh, given the reason that Elon pulled the standard range Model Y and the newly certified 279 mile range, do we think the standard range will be back? This year's test drive, my wife suggested that I go back to the original plan to purchase the 3 and trade it in for the Y later down the road. At the time, I agreed with her, but in light of recent events, I feel like I'm back at the drawing board. Uh, thanks again, Ryan. Be sure to give Daisy a pat for me. Take care. Josh, thank you very much for listening to the podcast, and I know that you're going to make your Tesla dream come true, because going for test drives on your birthday every year, that is exactly the kind of thing that I would do in the many years I was dreaming about owning a Tesla myself. I didn't, to be clear, but I wish I had. That's a great idea, and I wish I had thought to do that back with the the Model S. I mean, my I, I've talked, I've told the story on the podcast before. For one of my birthdays, I guess somewhere in the 2008 to 2012 window when the Roadster was in production, my wife uh, rented me a Roadster for the day on, I forget, you know, one of those car sharing service things. And that was one of the coolest birthday gifts I ever got. So anyway, back to you, uh, Josh. I love this. And what I love about you doing this, about, about doing those test drives every year on your birthday, it helps keep you focused on your big goal. And it also doesn't hurt that it's really fun as well. Now, to your question about the EPA listing of that new 279-mile range Model Y that I talked about on last week's show, I mean, yeah, if that's real, it's definitely going to be a standard range Model Y. I mean, as you may recall, our white hat hacker friend, Green the Only, even found it in the firmware where it's listed as a standard range. The only real question is how much it might cost, again, if it's real and if it's imminent. I will give you an educated guess because that's really, I guess, I've studied Tesla long enough that at least my educated guesses are reasonably educated at this point. And uh, my guess is it would be around $53,000 give or take a thousand. And I'll tell you, I arrived at that by using the Model 3 as a reference. The base Model 3 is 15% less than the long range Model 3, therefore 85% of the price of the $63,000 long range Model Y is about $53,000. So again, with Giga Texas's grand opening coming up soon, we should hopefully learn more about this and whether or not it's real very soon. Uh, two more calls for this week as the show's running a bit long here. First up is Richard from, well, a couple of different locations, so I'll let him take it from here. Hi, Ryan. It's Richard from Florida or Toronto, depending on the season. I was delighted to hear about Daisy's full recovery and also wanted to thank you for your touching eulogy to your cousin Pat. In response to dubs from Cleveland, fossil fuel disinformation is the source of this negativity about Teslas. As you correctly observe, getting out the facts is the best antidote. I would encourage dubs and others in our community 
to engage more directly by writing articles, letters to the editor, and online comments highlighting the patriotic case for driving a Tesla. For example, support America, drive a Tesla. Why is Tesla America's most patriotic ride? Four points. It has the highest American content of any car we can drive. All of our electricity is made here in North America. None of it comes from foreign dictatorships. The use of gas instead of electricity is raising gas prices and propping up dictators around the world. Fully 80% of oil exports comes from authoritarian regimes such as Russia, Iran, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, and others. The global market means that gas burned here in America is helping dictators to earn about $1.3 trillion a year. The use of gasoline and diesel is adversely affecting our health. Most of all, our children's on the order of tens of billions of dollars of damage each year. Bottom line, to support American jobs, reduce funding to foreign dictators, and protect our children's health, drive a Tesla or another electric vehicle. Spread the word. Thanks again, Ryan, for all that you do. Bye-bye. Well said, Richard. You know, this is one of those calls where I don't really have anything to add because, Richard, you've said it all here. Dubs, and I know you're out there, Richard makes plenty of great points that I didn't in my initial response to you last week. I mean, emphasizing the Americanness of your Tesla, in addition to being welcoming and inviting in order to try and, you know, diffuse any anger or, you know, just uh, animosity that they might be showing towards the car via you, is a great approach, I think. And, and certainly it's good advice for all of us anytime we end up in a conversation with somebody who's skeptical about Teslas or skeptical about EVs in general. So, Richard, thank you so much for this call. And finally this week, last certainly not least, here's Matt from Long Island. Uh, there are many people waiting for their Model Y, and Matt is one of them. Take it away, Matt. Hi, Ryan. This is Matt from Long Island. I am patiently awaiting the arrival of my Model Y, long range, which I am expecting this August. Um, the reason for my call is that I'm looking to install another charger in my garage. We currently have a 2019 Model 3 with a Tesla charger, which we love. Um, and we are looking for available rebates. Looking at the PSEG Long Island website, they do have a rebate program called the Smart, Smart Charge Rebate. Um, but it says that the chargers need to provide PSEG Long Island with charging data about what time of day they charge, how much energy is consumed for each session, so on and so forth. The juice box and charge point chargers do provide that information, but the Tesla chargers apparently do not provide this information and therefore are not eligible for the rebate program. Just looking for some feedback on this. If you think this is something that could be coming with uh, more recent uh, charging uh, materials, or if maybe you recommend that I go with a charge point charger. Um, just looking for your opinion on this. Good job on the podcast, and I look forward to your reply. Thank you. Matt, thanks for your call. I'm surprised the new version 3 Tesla wall connectors don't do this, since they are Wi-Fi enabled in order to facilitate things like allowing charging access on a selective basis and charging tenants for the juice that they use for property owners. I would say that the newest wall connector probably has the capability, so maybe by the time that you do take delivery of your Model Y, which by the way, 
is almost certainly going to be a Model Y 2.0 from Texas since you're out in New York. The Tesla charger may work for you, but if that charge point will get the job done for you and get you that rebate, hey, go for it. Why not? It's going to be fine. Thank you to everyone for your calls this week. I've got plenty more that I wasn't able to get to. I will get to those next week, but keep your calls coming. I gave you the dial-in options, the two primary ways to get a hold of me and be a part of the podcast. Told you about that at the top of the segment, so refer back there. But for now, stick with me. I've got your pro tip of the week and a bit more coming up right after this. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. Well, not much going on with me and my car this week. I never did get full self-driving beta 10.11, and it seems like a lot of other beta testers didn't get it as well. So presumably Tesla found a bug or something that caused them to pause the rollout. And the only reason I really bring this up is because, as you may remember, when I talked about this on, what, one or two shows ago, Elon had said, well, if this version rollout, if this goes well, the feedback on it's good, if it looks good, then Tesla might be able to lower the safety score barrier to 95. Well, the fact that they seem to have paused the rollout is uh, not a great sign for that. So I hear good things about this version. That's kind of what's what's making me scratch my head a little bit. I mean, obviously, Tesla has their reasons but I had heard really positive things about this build in particular, but at least progress is happening and hopefully uh, we'll see what, 10.12 or 10.11.1, some new version here sooner rather than later. Let me give you a quick entertainment recommendation of the week. I have a game to recommend. I reviewed it for IGN. The game is called Tunic and it's available on Xbox not only to purchase, but also on Xbox Game Pass. And if you're not familiar with Game Pass, it's basically Netflix for video games on Xbox, and it's a steal of a deal. I mean, it's really fantastic. Uh, you can also play it on, on Steam, on your PC as well. And Tunic is awesome. It is uh, just a, a beautiful, very smart Zelda-like. And by Zelda-like, I'm talking Link to the Past, 16-bit era. Now, it's not. it doesn't have pixel art graphics. It has 3D graphics, but it's a, you know, top-down isometric game rather than like a full-on, you know, down-in-the-dirt kind of 3D camera open-world thing like the more recent Zelda games. But Tunic is really fantastic. Definitely recommend it if you've got an Xbox or a gaming PC. And if you want to know more or want to know more about my thoughts on it, you can find my review of Tunic on IGN or on YouTube. How about a pro tip of the week? Gil from San Diego, as it pertains to version 11 of our UI. Go ahead, Gil. Hey, Ryan, Gil from San Diego. This was originally going to be a complaint <laughs> about the new interface, uh, but then turns out uh, there's a fix for it, so now it's a pro tip. So uh, with the old user interface on the 3 and the Y, um, there used to be three sort of settings for the radio uh, or, or music uh, interface, uh, the full screen, kind of like a, a mid screen, and then the really small one. Um, and I always use the mid one because it lets you have uh, easy access to recents and favorites. When the update came, I could not 
get it to do <laughs> the middle one because uh, you used to just sort of you know swipe it up or down or hit the button a couple times and it would do the middle one. And yesterday, just looking at the screen, I noticed that there was this list icon on the right side of the um, of the radio, of the music uh, entertainment system bar. I hit that list icon, and lo and behold, that middle uh, uh, thing popped up, and all of my recents and favorites were available once again. So, if you were like me and you use that. It's great. It didn't go away with the user interface as I thought it did. It's just uh, one more step to bring it back up. And then once you hit that button, I'm pretty sure then you can sort of do the swiping up and down to the version that you like. Hope that helps some folks. Uh, <laughs> but I'm sure most people figured it out. But it took me however long it's been with this uh, user interface to find it. Thanks. That does indeed help, Gil. Thank you very much. Uh, this absolutely counts as a pro tip, by the way, because it's a thing you wanted that got buried in the new UI. So therefore, it's a pro tip. I appreciate you sending this in. And to anyone else out there who has their own pro tip that may be of use to your fellow Tesla owners, including me, because I love learning this stuff too, please send it in. You do that the same way that you send in the regular Ride the Lightning Hotline calls, and I told you about that earlier in the podcast. Before I get going, let me uh, plug some friends of the podcast that can hopefully be of use to you either now or sometime in the future. I will start with abstractocean.com. They've got so many great Tesla accessories from the tempered glass screen protectors that are now on their fourth generation revision to their rear footwell lighting kits, which I think are great for the Model Y in particular, all kinds of other lighting kits, both internal, you know, interior and exterior. Just a ton of stuff, you gotta take a look. AbstractOcean.com, and when you've got everything that you like in your online shopping cart, when you get to checkout, put in the coupon code RTLPODCAST, and you will get 15% off of your first order. That's RTLPODCAST, all one word. Meanwhile, budget safe solar, every Tesla owner that I know has a good idea, if not the exact costs for their electricity that their Tesla uses. I know what mine is. And that is, you know, you know it based upon today's electric grid rates. PG&E here in the Bay Area is going up again, but that's another story. Don't get me started. Anyway, uh, nobody knows how much these rates are going to go up in the next 5, 10, 15 years. That is, except people with solar. So, if you have thought about getting solar installed at your home or office, hey, contact Budget Safe Solar. They're a friend of the show. The website is budgetsafesolar.com and their byline is, their motto is capping tomorrow's energy costs today, which I like. And also, by the way, if you've considered entering the growing field of solar, they want to talk to you as well. So learn more and or reach out to them at budgetsafesolar.com. And if you do end up proceeding with a solar installation, don't forget the referral code RTL. Uh, don't forget as well, the snap plate. If you've gotta have a front license plate on your car for regulatory reasons, or maybe you just like it on there, well, why not use the snap plate rather than the Tesla one that you get with the car because the Tesla one, as I always remind you, uses automotive adhesive to stick to the front of your car, which if you ever want to take it off means you're going to have a bad time. The snap plate snaps on and off in seconds, but it snaps on securely when it's on. It won't mess with the paint, the grill, the radiator, 
the autopilot system, the sensors, anything. It's a clean, minimalist design. I like the look of it. So if you gotta do that front plate, please go with the snap plate and you can get yours for any of the four Teslas at everyamp.com slash RTL. Again, that's everyamp.com slash RTL. How about immaculate reflections? If you and your car are going to be in the greater San Francisco Bay Area, why not book in some time with Jeff at Immaculate Reflections? He's offering, as always, a discount for listeners of this podcast. If you book really any of his major services, maybe you want to do paint correction, maybe you want to do paint protection film on some or all of the car, maybe you want to do ceramic coating because you don't want to wax the car for the next three to five years, which is how long ceramic coating is good for. Maybe you want to do a combination of those things. Maybe you want to do all of those things. In any case, you can go to the website irdetailing.com to learn more, check out some pictures, and contact Jeff and book in. That's where you can get in touch and mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener. Uh, PureTesla.com slash RTL. That's your one-stop shop for your dash cam and sentry mode setups. That's micro SD based, which means it's going to last forever. Dropping the Sandlot reference on you here at the end of the show. Because I'm tired and starting to get loopy here on a late Friday night. <laughs> Go to PureTesla.com slash RTL if you want to order their kit. 49 bucks will get you the 128 gigabyte kit. If you want to go 256, that'll be $69. Comes fully formatted, ready to go right out of the package. Free shipping anywhere in the US too, which is nice. They've also got those slim Super Nintendo inspired wireless game controller kits for your Tesla as well, if that's of interest to you as uh, also. And then don't forget Jada. They've got an excellent line of Tesla products. I'm a big fan. I, I use their Jada tray in my car, which is a nice like center console organizer. That's literally, it's a drop in, no tools, nothing. Uh, and it's got, it's got uh, wireless charging for my Apple watch, which I'm an Apple watch user. It's got wireless charging for your either Apple uh, AirPods or Pixel Buds. So it's, it's a really nice center console organizer. And then I also have their wireless charging pad in my car because I have an older Model 3. The newer 3s and Ys have it, you know, the Tesla has that built into the car, which is great. But if you've got an older 3, I really highly recommend the Jada wireless charging pad. They also have the USB hub console for those of you with the newer center console design. And that's an all-in-one. It's it's everything. It's storage organizer, USB hub, Apple Watch charger, AirPod charger, the whole nine yards on that. Uh, whatever you might want to buy, use my coupon code for a nice discount here. That coupon code is simply RTL. Now, the only thing I ask of you in return for giving you that coupon code is that you buy via my referral link so that Jada knows that you came through Ride the Lightning and full transparency, they'll throw me a couple of bucks from the sale if you do buy through that referral link. So that referral link is getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. And Jada is spelled J-E-D-A in that URL. Finally, if you want to get the podcast delivered to you for free automatically every week, rather than you having to remember to go get it, just follow or subscribe on any of your favorite podcast services. The most popular one, according to my metrics, is Apple Podcasts, but I'm also on Google Podcasts, I'm on Stitcher, 
I'm on TuneIn and Spotify, which are also, those two are natively available in your car. So there are multiple ways to listen to this podcast through your car. Sadly, if you try to search for me via TuneIn, it's almost impossible to find me. That's been an exercise in frustration, but uh, I want to thank listener Bob, who's been trying to help with that. Uh, anyway, TuneIn, Spotify, I'm also on YouTube, just in audio-only format. There's nothing to look at, but uh, if you do want to listen via YouTube, just search Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube, and you should find my channel very easily, and then you can subscribe for free from there. Uh, and then I want to mention, of course, my Patreon the Patreon is the way, the primary way through which you can voluntarily choose to support the podcast. I hope at some point I will earn your support. That is, I know it's earned and not given, and it's not an overnight thing. You're not going to, if you're a new listener, you're not just going to jump on the Patreon right away. I got to earn it. You know, I got to show you that I'm here week in and week out. I mean, I've got the receipts to prove it at this point, but. Uh, I'm doing my best to earn your support on Patreon because I do put a lot of time, a lot of effort, research, love, care, and enthusiasm into this podcast. And so if you might uh, feel compelled to support me at some point, you can find the information for doing that on my Patreon page, which is located at patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. The support tiers start at just five bucks a month. And as they as they go up, you get more perks and benefits that all stack as well. There are also uh, yearly pledge options. If you just want to pledge $1 amount uh, per year, there's a discount rather than doing it monthly. To, so just as you know, a little thank you for, for committing for a year or a year's worth of support. So again, Patreon.com slash Tesla Podcast. In fact, I just sent out the invitations for the next uh, Ride the Lightning Patreon Zoom Hangout. We spend an hour every every month chatting about all things Tesla. Those have been so much fun each and every month. That next one is coming up in, uh, well, just a, well, a week. Yeah, it's going to be on April 2nd. So I'm looking forward to that. And with that, let me say hello and thank you to the high-level Patreon tier backers, but I guess I'll remind you of the email address if you want to email me for any reason, teslapodcast at gmail.com. And then my social media presence, Twitter and Instagram, same handle, both places, DMC underscore Ryan. And so with that, I want to thank the uh, newest plaid backer, the Bear Boys of Colorado, B-A-E-R, the Bear Boys of Colorado. Thank you to that crew, along with the rest of the Plaid Level supporters, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Jason Chalukas, Tim Hyde, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Dory and Steve Guberman, Jeremy, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peake, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, The Lydia Family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, Noel and Lucy Murphy, The Tesla Owners East Bay Club, Ryan Natchett, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Travis Krenzel, Matt Nixon, The Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zelezny, Rick Dean, Not Elon Musk, T. Kirk Lowry, and Peter. 
And then the Maximum Plaid group, two new folks there. I want to say hello and thank you to Richard Corley and Chris Osborne. Thank you so much to both of you gentlemen, alongside the rest of the Maximum Plaid backers, Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, John Schmidt, the Galpin family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Hay Watley, Eric Brown, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Mait Suaru, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Tyler Smith, Corey O'Donnell, Matthew Graham Droneberger, Scott Gillis, Aaron Huxley, John Cody, Aaron, Sonar Tech 77, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, and Paul Casarino. Thanks to all of you. And then the Roadster in Space tier backers who get all the perks at the top of that uh, pyramid being a, a monthly one-on-one -on -one Zoom hangout with me. I've been having fun with those too. Those have been, it's been great to talk to these folks. Thank you to Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Nydig, Scooter Ward, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Crafty Geek, Richard Stokes, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Ayacaveto, and Tesla Hitchhiker 42. With that, this is the end of episode 347 of Bride the Lightning, your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast for a healthier than ever Daisy the Boxer, for which I am just unendingly grateful. Unendingly grateful. I just, it's, uh, it, it made my day today. It made my week. It felt just so good to get that, that good news, man. It's, uh, this dog means a lot to me. You know, our pets are, are family for, for, uh, for us. So it's, I just, I love that she's doing better than ever, man. It, it feels good. So, uh, I hope you're doing well. Also, I wish you happy electric motoring, and I will see you back here next week. I mean, I think... A Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.